Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Fit to Recover, and the website is fit, F-I-T, the number two, and then the word recover.org, so fit to recover.org. Kate Losser is my uh, first guest. She is administrative director. Kate, thanks for being here. Yeah, Michael, thanks for having me. And Devin Lau is uh, also, Devin, what's your uh, title? I am the lead for the nutrition pillar here at Fits Recover. You're the food guy. I'm the food guy. (laughs) I love that. All right, uh, (laughs) maybe we could start with you, Kate, and just explain how Fit Fit to Recover came to be. Yeah, so back in 2013, uh, the executive director, Ian Acker, had this idea um, that he wanted a space for people in recovery to connect. Um, And he started doing that through fitness. So he would have people meet at Sugar House Park. They brought a boom box. They would do a boot camp in the park. And surely, uh, slowly but surely, they had more and more people show up. So in 2014, uh, they got their first building and uh, started becoming fit to recover. And then the pillars started kind of growing from there with creative arts, nutrition, and, and service. So we've been open since 2014 um, and have been growing ever since. So it's certainly just a a bunch of friends getting out together in the park and it developed from there. And I understand recently you moved into a bigger building. So we just recently moved into the ballpark neighborhood. So our address is 1331 and 1335 South Major Street, um, kind of right near the intersection of State and 13th. Um, two beautiful new buildings with a total of about 11,000 square feet. So, Davin, kind of explain, you know, what what is the makeup of, of the people that uh, that hang out of Fit to Recover? Who who does it appeal to in general? Yeah, it's such a it's such a diverse community. As someone who isn't a part of the recovery community and isn't in recovery, um, I was a little nervous myself to kind of step in and, and didn't know if I was going to feel a part of. But what I can tell you about the people who are here. And, um, the people are looking for a place. Is, it's just one big community um, where everyone feels a part of. Um, no one feels excluded. Whatever your past is, whatever you're at currently, um, there's a place here for everyone, and it's, it's a cool opportunity to learn more about yourself um, and meet some other people you would have never otherwise kind of stopped to talk to. So, and, and, Kate, when it comes to the world of recovery, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, there's no one path that works for everybody. You know, there's different... Uh, rehabs and there's AA and and you guys have kind of a niche. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about addiction and how people get from addiction to being back in a good place. I think so. I'm personally in recovery and my recovery journey started in October of 2019. Um, for me, it looked like going through treatment, um, getting that help, going into um day treatment, kind of taking steps back into my life, going through sober living and all of that. So that was a huge support. Um, In treatment, I got introduced to AA meetings um, that I continue to do to this day. And um, I got introduced to Fit to Recover as well. So kind of all of that is a culmination of what my own recovery has looked like. Mm -hmm. And I know for everyone else, like, 
people, I think, need multiple opportunities or outlets for support and recovery and whether that's AA, whether that's through treatment, therapy, um, all those different things. And then same thing with Fit to Recover. We have multiple different outlets for people in recovery to kind of explore and find the healing that they're looking for. And Kate, maybe you can answer this. It, it seems like there are more people getting help and going through recovery. Is that just because it's been more acceptable to talk about or is there an actual increase? We've seen an increase. I think, you know, COVID-19 was a big thing for people. Um, a lot of people, I hear their stories that when that happened, um, people resorted to isolation, to drinking, drinking alone. Um, I think that was a big factor in people kind of realizing that they needed help. And then after things started opening back up, I think a lot more people then reached out for the help that they needed. So we are seeing that increase in people reaching out for help and that support. And Davin, I know that food and nutrition is your area, but could you maybe just talk about the four pillars that have come to be the the basis for Fit to Recover? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, starting with fitness, that's that's the one our community loves. I think moving our bodies and High fives and all those different things encompass uh, fitness. It's it's accessible to all different types of bodies, all different types of fitness levels, and something uh, a lot of our community members really enjoy. Um, another one uh, that I share buildings with is Creative Arts. Um, our director there, Tony Allerton, um, she's been a music therapist for quite some time, and um, she's created such an interesting vibe that people um, feel safe in, that people can express themselves in whether it be uh, through music, whether it be through um, painting, whatever type of medium she creates it there. Um, it just creates an amazing group to, for people to express themselves. Um, the next one is community service. So being of service to other people um, is an esteemable act. It builds people's self-esteem, uh, makes them feel a part of a greater community. So we'll, we do different types of projects um, weekly, quarterly, annually to the greater community outside of us. Um, and then the last one, nutrition, different types of cooking classes. Um, we know drug use and alcohol consumption can be really hard on the body um, and deplete a, not, a lot of nutrients. So teaching people how to cook for themselves, teaching people what foods can help with their anxiety or depression, if that's something they suffer with as well, um, is something that nutrition has to offer. And I, I noticed looking at your website that you actually have um, a chance to take meals home, that you have uh, you make these I saw the pictures of just tables and tables of meals, and then people can come in and pick those up. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we do a meal prep service, myself and another staff member. Um, we create five nutrient-dense meals for $40. Um, and the, the idea behind this is that a lot of our community members, uh, especially early in recovery, don't really have time to attend the classes to learn more about cooking just yet. So we wanted to create an opportunity uh, for people to nourish themselves while they're transitioning um, early in their recovery and even throughout um, to just have food, have something to support their their journey. And I normally ask this right off the top, but maybe each of you could just take a minute to talk about how you ended up working at Fit to Recover. Kate? Yeah, so I got introduced to Fit to Recover in 2019. I was a community member for a while, going to classes when I was in early sobriety, Um and then I saw an opportunity of a front desk position that opened up and 
Um, I had mentors in my life that were like, hey, go for it, do it. Um, And so I did, and I got hired, and I've been at FTR ever since 2019 and gotten to grow, um, become a fitness instructor, um, now the administrative director. So that's kind of a little bit of my journey of how I got here. That's fantastic. And so you kind of started off as someone that was just kind of aware of the programs, but I would think that for someone in recovery, working at a place like this would be really healthy. What kind of percentage of the people that work there are in recovery? 80%. I could be wrong. Somewhere between 75 and 80% of the people are in recovery here. And Davin, you kind of mentioned coming in that you were not necessarily in recovery and you were a little tentative about that. Um, What is it like being one of the 25% who who are not in recovery there? Yeah, I mean... Honestly, I don't notice a difference. I think we come together as a group and share our different life experiences and find the common denominator that we all need connection. Um, we all want to be loved. We all want to be appreciated and seen for all the things we do um, and, all of, and all of our shortcomings at the same time. So it's been such a unique experience. And I had the opportunity to maybe work here. Uh, the, the previous person in my role told me uh, eight months before I was hired on, that her job might be available because she was moving. Um, so I worked part-time at Harmon's Grocery in their bakery. Um, and I worked here a little bit too, just trying to get my foot in the door and make this a reality. So I, I'm just so blessed that it worked out for myself and I've uh, been, been over here for over a year and a half now. We are talking to Kate Losser, who is the program coordinator and fitness assistant, and Devin Lau, who is nutrition pillar lead at Fit to Recover, and the website is fit2recover.org. So, Kate, somebody who's in recovery, they hear about this and they think, boy, that sounds like a great place. What's their first move? Do they just walk in the door, go to the website? What's the best way to get involved? I'd say you can look at our website, uh, fit2recover.org, see what our schedule is, um, and come in for a class. Um, If that doesn't sound good to you, people can always just walk in. We're open 6.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday. We also have morning classes on the weekends. So just come in, meet us, take a tour, um, meet our community. And uh, if you want to come try out a class, uh, come try one. Devin, maybe you could talk a little bit about your opening in Orem location as well. Yeah, so we've been in Orem since... um beginning of last year in 2022 um and we're, we're our community there is starting to grow and flourish um we we really want to create a space where the community influences and co-creates the different programs down there so right now we have fitness classes going down there monday through thursday and a, a boot camp on saturday um so we're really excited to continue to grow that we're really excited for the community to start to build um, and start to integrate service, creative arts, and nutrition there as well. It sounds like an amazing place, Kate, and I'm sure that it costs a lot of money to run. So where does that funding come from? Um, a lot of our funding comes through grants. Um, we have a grant writer who will write proposals to foundations for grants, um, as well as uh, we have a bunch of generous donors who have helped us over the years continue to do what we do. And if somebody wants to help, what are the different ways they can get involved? Of course, making a monetary donation is always best, but what, what other opportunities are there for people to help? Yeah, we have community service um, that is also available. If people want to come and show up and do some service here, that's 
available. Um, and then for donations, that's also on our, our website. There's a donation page on there as well. Devin, what has surprised you about working at Fit to Recover that you thought would maybe be different than it was? Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think the the thing that stands out to me just popped in my head, the, the word love. Like, ah. I love the people that come here. Uh, I love my, my coworkers. I love myself more. Uh, being in an environment that accepts you where you're at, it just doesn't feel work like work to me. I know that's cliche to say, but really just having a love for what I do and the people around me, um, it motivates me more than I ever think I could have been motivated, more than money, more than notoriety. I think just the amount of love that's in these buildings um, is unparalleled. And Kate, is there a requirement uh, for at what point in recovery someone is at before they can come? The only requirement um, is that someone maintains at least 24 hours of sobriety before showing up Hmm. um, just to keep the space um, safe, um, to be respectful for other people who are there um, because we pride ourselves on being a safe space for people in sobriety. And so we just want to maintain that safety. So just 24 hours of sobriety and that's all we require. Um, Kate, you said that you are teaching some of the fitness classes now. Maybe explain what these classes are and what what new classes you have. With our fitness classes, we have a, a bunch of different fitness classes throughout our week um, where we allow our community to come in and uh, feel empowered by the fitness class. And we're not trying to compete or see who's the strongest, see who's the fastest. All we're trying to do is move our bodies, connect um, in that safe space. And with our new space, we've been able to start some new classes up. We have an intro to FTR class on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 530 for people starting out for their very first time who want to, you know, get familiar with kind of what we're doing here with fitness and it's the very basic steps to getting comfortable with it. Um, we also have a mobility class on Wednesday at 5.30 and Thursday at 1 p.m. Um, to kind of give that the body some recovery time from the work that we're doing. Um, we also have an advanced kettlebell class on Tuesdays at noon and Fridays at 5.30 for those people who want to kind of continue to gain more knowledge um, in their kettlebell work um, and improve their fitness. Um, And then we also hold specific groups. We hold a women's group on Thursday night, um, all women's workout, and then we have a group after. And then we have an LGBTQ plus only class on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and a group at 7 p.m. that I run. Sounds wonderfully diverse and open to everybody. It is. It's, it's pretty cool what we're able to do here. And Devin, I know most successful nonprofits um, have friends that they partner with, other organizations. Who? What other organizations is Fit to Recover associated with? Yeah, how much time do you have? We've have, <laughs> we got a whole list of them. Um, we got a bunch of supporters, sponsors um, from, from corporate, different corporate sponsors. Um, and I don't want to single any out because there's just too big of a list. Sure. Um, we have so much support. From the community here in the ballpark, um, we had the mayor here. We had some other large supporters here at our ribbon cutting, um, even down to our other community supporters who 
in our campaigns for our past Giving Tuesday, which is our, our national nonprofit fundraiser. Um, anyone who gave you know a dollar to however much, uh, we're just so grateful for all the, the small or large donations. And we really do believe and we know a lot of other people believe in what we have going on here. Kate, it sounds like an amazing place. Um, do you have to be in recovery to come to Fit to Recover? No, absolutely not. Um, we have a bunch of people who are friends and family mm. of people in recovery. We have people who don't have any association to recovery but are here for connection and community. And we also have people who just want to improve, whether it's health, whether it's mental health, physical health, emotional health. Um, We have those people here, too, just who want to get that sense of community and support in that way. That ballpark neighborhood um, has kind of felt like it's been on kind of the edge of going one or two different directions. So it's really great that you are in that neighborhood because that's going to be a positive influence, I'm sure. Kate, maybe you could talk about this. What are some of the big misconceptions around uh, addiction and getting sober? What What are some of the biggest misconceptions and myths that are out there? I, I think one of them is a couple things. I think a misconception is that people in recovery are are dangerous, um, that people in recovery are helpless, are hopeless, um, that are beyond repair. I, I think that when you see the kind of recovery community that we have here and the people sh- who show up day in and day out, that there's hope, there is love, there's a sense of support and kindness that I haven't experienced anywhere else. Um, and I think if you walk through these doors, you get a sense of that that can shift any misconception that anyone has on what addiction is um, and then what recovery looks like because there's there's a lot of hope inside these doors. Devin, maybe you could answer this. I don't know. Um, it seems like you guys have come from just a very grassroots group of people to a really wonderful, big, thriving organization in not much time. Where do you see it going in five or ten years? Yeah, I think um, in conversations I've had with our leadership and our entire team, um, we'd love to see the values, the community, um, the diverse perspectives we have be shared on a national level. So we have our location here in Salt Lake and Orem, and we have affiliations in San Antonio, Colorado, um, Connecticut. Mm. We really would love to be able to branch out because we see the we see the, the issue at hand. We see the problems and the different solutions being proposed, and we feel like we have something special that we want to share with the entire country, if not the entire world. So so national exposure, national um, expansion is where we're headed. Yeah, you've found a model that seems to work, so let's duplicate that. I think that's a great idea. Well, thank you Absolutely. both so much for your time. It is fittorecover.org, and it's the number two, so fittorecover.org. Kate and uh, Davin, thank you so much for your time and what you guys are doing in the community. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for chatting with us. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.